0: My name is Andrew, one of the pastors here. So glad to be with you this morning. Last Sunday, we finished a study of the book of 1 Corinthians that we started in January, and we walked through it for months and months and months and months. This fall, we're going to kick off a new sermon series starting the Sunday after Sep, after Labor Day in September. Um, this fall, we're going to do that. But for the month of August, I'm excited for this series called The Church at Work. Jesus builds his church in our mess. And so over the next couple weeks, we're going to have various people sharing They're going to be preaching scripture. They're going to be unpacking God's word and also telling us about how God is at work in their church, in their communities. Today, we're going to start with some testimonies from Park Community Church, how God is at work here in our community, in our church. And then next week, Patrick Ray, who is planting a church in North Minneapolis called Northside Neighborhood Church, is going to be here sharing about that. And then Mark B., uh, people who are overseas, we're going to just give them a B rather than tell you the last name because we are live streaming. He is in, as you can see, South east asia him and his family are living in the mission house this fall and so they're going to be around our church family we'll have a good chance to get to know them and then mike and linda g who are members of our church as well are going to be sharing about what god is doing uh in his church around the world through their ministry i'm so excited about that and to hear what god is doing uh one of the things that we discovered as we went through first corinthians is that the church is a mess right no surprise there you've experienced it yourself this church is a mess. Any church that you've been a part of has been a mess. There's so much church hurt. So many people have been wounded and and injured by the church. And some people have great stories and great experiences. Other people have worse stories and and hard experiences. But no matter what, we are a mess of those people, right? Put your hand up nice and high if you've been hurt by the church, a group of people or leadership in a church. Put your hand up nice and high and don't be embarrassed or ashamed of that. Okay? Okay. About half of us. Put your hand up nice and high if church is all sunshine and roses for you. <laughs> like one, okay. <laughs> you see, that's the mess that we are. Some of you won't even admit your experiences with the church. And it's in this that Jesus meets us. We saw as we went through 1 Corinthians that that church 2,000 years ago was a, was a mess. But they were the mess that Jesus loved. This church, here now today, Park community church, but also the global church, it's a mess. But it's the mess that God loves. And the church is God's rescue plan for the world. And so if you have injuries and in church hurt, we want to we care for you. We want to walk through that with you. This church is not perfect. No church is perfect. It's as messy as the people who make it up. But Jesus continues to generation after generation after generation build his church. And so that's what we're looking at this month. Even in the midst of our hurt and our confusion and our frustration, we want to say, what is it Jesus actually doing in and through his church and why ought we to be a part of it? I want to look at Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 20 with you. And that's on page 822 in the Pew Bible. Matthew 16, 13 through 20. Jesus interacting with his disciples. It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? This is still a, a great question that people are discussing and wondering about who is Jesus go down to the Minnesota State Fair in a couple weeks and ask random people who Jesus is, and you're going to get a lot of different answers and probably some angst. But who do you say that I am? Jesus asked his disciples. Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, which means the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Promised One of Israel, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You hear that promise that Jesus, and nobody argues with the ethic in the life of Jesus. If you read the Gospels, his ethic, his life was incredible. So regardless of what we think about Jesus, whether he was just a good moral teacher, he lived a good life. Now, we happen to believe as Christians that he died in our place and rose again from the dead, victorious. But Regardless of what we think about Jesus, and some of you may be skeptics here this morning, you may be questioning, you may be considering, I want you to hear this promise that he told Peter, one of his disciples, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not stand against it. This happened 2,000 years ago on a different continent, in a different language, in a different culture, and here we are today worshiping Jesus. Amen? Amen. The gates of hell shall not prevail against this movement. When you join a church that professes Jesus as Lord and commits to loving one another, you join this movement that has been happening from generation to generation that Jesus promised 2,000 years ago that even the gates of hell could not prevail against it. And you are testimony and witness of that today. Flip over to Matthew chapter 28 with me. Matthew chapter 28, at the very end of the chapter, before Jesus ascends back up to heaven. Verse 16 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And then when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. What a great verse, right? Even these 11 who did life with Jesus, they walked with Jesus, they talked with Jesus, they touched Jesus, they heard his teaching, they saw him crucified on the cross, they saw the empty tomb, they interacted with his resurrected body, and even in this moment, they are such a mess, some worship and some doubt. So if you're a doubter this morning, you're in good company. If you are a worshiper this morning, you are in good company. And if you're a worshiper this morning, you might be a doubter tomorrow. If you're a doubter today, you might be a worshiper tomorrow, right? The the human heart is fickle. And so we continue to pursue Jesus together. And I love this scene that these disciples are together. They're coming to to meet Jesus where he told them. Some are worshiping, some are doubting. And Jesus came, verse 18, and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father And the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We're a part of this international global movement of disciples, apprentices of Jesus, people who are striving to walk with Jesus day in and day out. This is the church of Jesus Christ that the gates of hell cannot stand against. We are the people of God who are walking with Jesus, with brothers and sisters all around the world, all different tribes, tongues, languages, nations gathered to worship Jesus. Amen? That's what we're a part of. And so let's heal one another's wounds. Let's, as the scriptures say, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And this month, I want to look at what Jesus is doing in and through his church, and we want to rejoice that he is fulfilling his promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against this movement. Incredible. And so what I want to do this morning is invite a few of our very own Park family members forward to share some of their story of how God has worked in their life and how God has used his church, capital C, the global church, in their life to help them be disciples of Jesus. And so I'm going to invite you guys forward now at this time, and you can grab a seat up here on the panel. Oh, Bill, you're in charge. Oh, he wasn't joking. (laughs) All right, I'm going to get out my questions here. What a beautiful group of people. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being a part of Park Community Church, this church family, and so I want all of you to remember, as you hear their brief stories, you all have a story as well, and we need to be sharing our stories with one another, because it gives glory and honor to God, and it helps us get to know one another, and to be reminded that we are brothers and sisters in Jesus. We're not just an organization that's trying to pump out religious goods, we're brothers and sisters in Jesus, and so I want to start by having you share your name and where you grew up. No, you're good. good.
1: Can you hear me now? I'm Bill Golfer, and I grew up right here in St. Louis Park. I was a war baby, born in 1944, St. Barnabas Hospital in Minneapolis. And when they brought me home, we moved into a 24 or a 24 house right on Webster Avenue. Dad built a house just four houses down that would house us kids, plus, if any more came, and they did. (laughs) (laughs) And so I lived there all through high school, through trade school. Um, They saved a bedroom for me as I was.
0: you, Bill. Name and where you grew up.
2: Wow. What an opportunity. My name is Yama Johnson, and I am a librarian from Liberia, a country in West Africa. And I moved over here at age 27 in the year 2010. And It has been amazing. I'm grateful for this country and everyone I have met. They have been a blessing, especially Park. Thank you.
3: Hi, um, I'm Alexis. Uh, I'm originally from Bulgaria. Grew up in an orphanage the first five and a half years until I got adopted. And I've lived in Minnesota here for 22 years. And I live here in St. Louis Park, but grew up in Alexandria.
4: Hi. Uh, uh, my name is Astro Blackmore. Um, I was born in South Korea, you um, know, island, which lies uh, um, in the Yellow Sea, uh, like uh, about 15 miles from the main island, and then... Uh, which is uh, southwest uh, from this, uh Seoul, and uh, um, uh, when I after I married and uh, uh, my husband, and I moved here uh, to Michigan for when was it like 1996, and then uh, for nine years, and then we moved to Georgia for three years, and the Lord brought us uh, here, uh, 2008 to Minneapolis area.
0: Thank you, Esther. Okay, so the next quote you can keep it. You're going to go first now. And we'll just send the microphone back down this way. Um, so the next question is, share the quick version of your faith story. How did you come to know and follow Jesus? And hopefully this just gets all of us thinking, and hopefully you get to know everyone. We're all part of the same church family, and so some of you probably know some of their story and their journey, but hopefully this just gets us getting to know each other's stories more. And so I would love to hear a half an hour of each of your faith story, but but we're gonna do the quick version this morning.
4: I don't think uh, my story will be half an hour, even if all day long I could not finish it. So my husband uh, suggested that I should write, which is a very wise uh, counsel. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll make it in, in three minutes. Sorry, I'm gonna read. I was uh, born in a Christian home and I went to church all my life, but didn't know Christ until I came to the United States. including Jesus' story every Sunday, but didn't know that Jesus was God. I didn't think of Jesus more than a good man, like a Buddha and Confucius or Gandhi. I accepted Jesus seven or eight times because I was not sure, and I was so afraid of God and didn't want to go to hell, even though I grew up. Uh, reading Bible, I didn't understand about the whole nature of God and the uh, simple nature of man. And that we need a Savior. Since I was young, I used to lie about everything in order to be accepted by others, like a pathological liar, which lasted until 30-some years and lived a life of sexual immorality for a long time. At my mid-twenties, out of mercy, God called my name every morning as I was seeking him. He revealed it to me that he is a real. But I didn't still know Jesus. Not long after that experience, I experienced the evil spirit came, to, came into my body in a similar way that the Acts ex- uh, disciples of Jesus uh, received the Holy Spirit. But I, did, I knew it was not the Holy Spirit because it, I felt so much fear, but it wasn't I, I wasn't able to get a help after I came to America, while I was at a conference God nudged me to share to a group of ladies everything that I have done and confess my sin. I, and I obeyed. Obeyed him with much tremble and fear. Then God began to restore my heart, revealing that he is my father. And I am secure in his everlasting love. But I still didn't know who Jesus is. It was until my husband I began to attend American church. And I started reading English Bible. God began to open my eyes to see who Christ is and that he is my savior. Do you have a napkin? Do you have tissue, anybody?
1: <laughs>
0: you can use Alexis's towel.
4: And he finally set me free uh, from ev- from the evil spirit um, by by his uh, truth uh, a decade later. When we first moved to uh, Michigan from Korea, God a provider, a wonderful Christian woman named Estella, who lived uh, right next to, door to us. And became my spiritual mentor and a grandma to my children. She was a goddess, a faithful disciple maker. She taught me how to be a wife, mom, and homemaker. And more importantly, how to be a Christian. Living constantly as an example uh, um, in God's uh, Lord's abundance. Always giving thanks, giving uh, thanksgiving in the midst of pain and suffering. Always trusting in His goodness and His unfailing love. Putting others' in need before herself, seeking Him and delighting Him being in his presence because of his how constant uh, consistent uh, faithful time spending in my life investing in me and I became true follower of Christ I I cannot say I'm not lying anymore but I'm still God is still making and making me much of his child. Thank you. Good man. Good
3: man. Good man. Okay. So um what brought me? Well so I came here at five and a half years old, not learning any English. I went through a lot of struggles with anger issues, with not having parents. Um, we moved up to Alexandria. I was in treatment centers for anger issues. I was just really abusive uh, to my mom because I didn't have a mom in the orphanage. and. Um, at 18, I found my birth family and I found three other kids in the same orphanage, you know, all these years later and they have pictures of us and they all went through the same struggles too. And, um, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church. I went to Bible studies. I did the youth group. Um, and I was always that one kid screwing around, never paying attention, but just, you know, I grew up in a very, very good Christian home and, um. My senior year in high school, I lost five family members, three kids in my high school, a family dog, found out my parents were divorced, and then to the top of it all off, my dad had a stroke. And at 18, I walked away from God, and I said, there's got to be more to life than, than just what I'm taught. And so for seven years, I went out into the world, and I hung out with the addicts and the alcoholics and, and the strippers and the gays and the homeless and the widows that were mothers and fathers and the foster kids and the orphans, all these people that my heart was always drawn to and never felt like they were loved or they were different. And I understood them more than normal people, you know, more than people that do the everyday life. And, um, I said I was never going to go back to the church unless God was able to open up a sign for me. And after seven years, I, mo- I moved out to California, and I moved back. I turned 25 and just kind of felt like a failure at life. And I said, there's got to be more to this life, Lord. And as I was depressed, I was really contemplating of whether I wanted to live or not. And I heard a voice say, why don't you get on your knees and pray? And that's what I did. I cried out to the Lord and said, can you help me? Because this is, you're my last resort. I said, I've done a lot of things. I've gone away from the church. I grew up in a normal family, but there's just something missing. And I surrendered my life to him three weeks before we went on lockdown during COVID. And um, I, when I surrendered my life and gave everything to God for him to turn it around, that's when everything started falling into place, and uh, I had 37 totes of childhood stuff. I gave it all the way to the homeless. I lost 110 pounds in nine months being a vegan. I um, I bought my first Bible. I got rid of everyone that was toxic in my life, and I really walked a journey alone, but really not alone, because I had Jesus there the whole time. and started making amends with everyone that I've hurt and started volunteering and everything. And the one thing that was missing was going to church. And uh, I only lived three blocks away from here, but I walked past this church for a year and a half, like just contemplating I want to come in here. But something kept pulling me back. And finally, last year on Easter Sunday, I'm like, I'm throwing on a dress. I'm going to look all pretty, and I'm going in there. (laughs) And I finally did. And that day, I was i praying to the Lord, like, okay, I, I've gotten rid of all my stuff. I've started helping out in the homeless. I bought this Bible. I'm reading it, but it's not making a whole lot of sense to me. I'm like, can you please have somebody come in my life and guide me and show me the way? And Easter Sunday, not even two minutes into the church, God send Esther. And she's been with me this last, last year, even though I sometimes run away when she's tough on me. But it's, but it's tough love. And um, honestly, I know 2020 was a really hard year for everybody, but honestly, it's been the greatest year of my life because I found Jesus, and I'm forever blessed.
2: Thank God. <laughs> wow. I came to know Jesus and Father Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior at age seven and got baptized at age ten through my aunt and her husband while I was staying with them in the city. So I was born way in the country on a farm. Um, My parents were they are uneducated native Liberians, don't speak English or anything. So I was sent to my aunt who is a retired nurse to stay with her in Moravia, which is the capital city for Liberia. And they taught me about Christ. So I accepted him as young as I was. They were a devoted couple and faithful followers of Jesus Christ. As a child, we went to church every Sunday and had our family devotion time every morning and every evening before bedtime. We sang songs of praises to God for who he is, for protecting and providing for us until the Civil War erupted in the year 1990. We continue to praise God, even when there was nothing to eat or drink for days during the war. The adults read the Bible and explained it to us, and I listened carefully and believe with my whole heart. We will pray together, holding hands sometimes, and afterwards settle within our individual corners of the bomb shatter. These were some of my happiest and peaceful moments growing up, especially because. We were going through a 14 years of civil war, on and off. And it was always on the alert for rebels' attack and shellings. So hearing about the love of God and protection for his people from the Bible was comforting to me as a child. And I knew that God would save us, and he kept his promises. As I grew up, I deviated, bike slotted, but I never, never lost track that God loves me. There was always the Holy Spirit that would bring me back to him. And I thank God for that. It has been a struggle growing up as a child, not having a normal child life because we were in war. But I learned to depend on Jesus for everything. And he has been very faithful. Um, Everything has not been bread and butter, but he has always walked with me. He has proven himself very faithful, and I love that. And I thank God. Amen.
1: What was the question?
0: Uh, Share the quick version of your faith story.
1: I'll try. I grew up in a very loving Christian home, right? St. Louis Park. And um, my mom would tell me how my grandpa Derby would pray for us boys even before we were born. And so you can kind of sense the atmosphere that I grew up in. Uh, It was beautiful. Our bedtime prayers were the typical, bless every relative and name them by name, and throw the tagline on and Jesus come into my heart that that doesn't do it fast forward to 5th grade I had earned my way to camp Um, it was Buffalo Bible Camp at that time and I was going with my older brother Bruce and two other 7th graders really cool guys and I got to go with them up to Buffalo Bible Camp. <clears throat> First night, get called to uh, chapel, you know. And this, this camp was kinda run down, old buildings. But we met in this auditorium. And that night, um, the free church evangelist, uh, Chet Larson was the church, or the camp pastor the week but he was an evangelist and then it started raining and lightning and windy and the roof started leaking. Well, a fifth grader can get homesick real quick even though you wouldn't admit it. And so he was making the altar call and we were in the back naturally and All of a sudden, I I felt those three seventh graders next to me, they were getting out of their seat, and they were going down forward. And I thought, wow, do they know what they're doing? And I didn't want to go down there, and I didn't want to stay back. And so I caught up with them, and we went down to the altar and right there we knelt before God and the rest of the campers and we <clears throat> committed our lives to Jesus. That doesn't happen by osmosis by growing up in a in a church. And so that night, july eleventh, nineteen fifty-four, I can put as a stake that I know I became a follower of Jesus Christ. And the rest is history, but a beautiful history. And he has been faithful to me my entire life. And um, it's I was just so richly blessed.
0: So next question, how did you end up at this church, and how has God used this church family to help grow your faith over the years?
1: The founding pastor of this church um, was living with uh, Irene and Willie Anderson across the street from us on Webster, um, because the mission house, Parsonage, wasn't built yet, and they came over, Willie and Lester Nelson came over and talked to my parents and encouraged them to get involved in St. Louis Park. We were going down to the Presbyterian Church in Minneapolis, and it was right at the beginning of the building uh, program, and my dad jumped on that bandwagon real quick, and we started attending um, St. Louis Park Evangelical Free Church. I was four at the time, so, um, yeah, there wasn't much happening, much didn't happen before my time, so, (laughs) I've spent my entire life, but that's a whole story in itself, Um, and so that's how we started coming to.
0: Oh over my the goodness.
1: years, how has God used the church? We had the privilege. 70,
0: Seventy years in one minute.
1: <laughs> I thought we could do seventy-six years in seventy-six seconds. Okay, let's let's do How's it. That? How's that? How has the church blessed us? Well, I just can't even explain. Having the opportunity to raise three beautiful daughters in this church community is uh, a, a blessing in itself just richly blessed in that way um, from the infant department right to the marriage altar right here with the exception of stephanie and nate they were married in the country <laughs> but now we're happy that they are calling for our community church their home church and so Just that in in itself is just a huge faith builder. But (coughs) the other side is um, I personally knew each of the pastors. I took um, pastor's instruction class from Lester Nelson, the founding uh, pastor here. And I knew all the pastors personally and served with them in later years in leadership uh, leadership. capacities and what have you and over the life of a church no matter how you would like it to be so perfect we're not perfect uh, Andrew has reminded us of what a mess we are and God loves messes but th- the beautiful thing of having my whole life here is I was able to see the valleys and the mountaintops and and through life, personally, and in the life of a church, there are the lows and the highs, and um, it's a beautiful thing, because God is in every, everything that happens in the life of his, his people, and he is faithful, and he proves that if, over the long haul, just how faithful he is to us and even in our messes. And so that, to me, was a real faith anchor for the privilege I had to see that happen. Thank you, Bill.
2: <laughs>
0: and before you go, Yama, real quick, I just want you all to know the heart of this question, how you ended up at Park and how God has used this church in your life is not to pat ourselves on the back. It's to see how we are one small little piece of the global church that God has used this church years before a bunch of us were born in Bill's life. How God used the church in Liberia in Yama's life. How God has used the church in Alexis's life in different seasons and in Esther's life. And how we now get to play a part of that, but we're a small, small but very significant part of it. And so I just want you to hear that. That's the heart of this question. It's not to say park is something great and amazing is that we are a part of what god is doing in his church around the world and so yama how did you end up at park and what has park meant to you over the last couple of years
2: thank you i ended up here with park community church as a try and error kind of thing just trying out (laughs) we had recently moved from the city of Brooklyn Center in 2018 to Minnetonka and needed to find, as a family, a Bible-believing and Christ-centered community to worship God, but didn't know our surrounding or as to what church we should attend. So we decided to check out Park Community Church in the spring of 2019. Before then, I drove, by, I drove past the church every weekday while dropping my kids off at school and pick up time in the evening. So I asked my kids, I have three of them, two boys, one girl, so one day in the car I asked my kids whether or not we should check this church out. We had not gone to church for a couple of months and was disconnected from our community, the librarian community, my kind of church I always went to, you know, and stuff like that. And I knew that something was missing, we needed to get back spiritually. So the kids agreed that we try it out, but don't return if they didn't like it. So I said yes. (laughs) We came over one Sunday morning to try out and was welcomed very happily. I was surprised, you know, at the door. I had someone take my little baby who was in the car seat, you know, helping out. I was like, oh, thank God, that's so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and they took him to the I didn't, um, little kid's room, you know, and I was free, and I sat down, I listened to the word, and Pastor Andrew was preaching about how We can get into spiritual funk sometimes and don't find the word or can't find the word to pray. And I was in that place, you know. So I listened to the sermon. Everything was just, like, comforting, you know, to me. I was like, hmm, this is a good place. And then when it was time for communion, we were all welcomed. I was like, wow. Because I went to other churches. And if you were not a member, if you didn't get baptized, you wouldn't take communion. So that was something that I really appreciated. I took part for the first time and I felt relieved, relieved and loved. So we kept coming back and then we got stuck. And since then we are still here. (laughs) Thank God for that. We have received overwhelming love and acceptance that I can't even imagine or explain. And I'm grateful for that. So that's how we ended up here. And then my two older kids got baptized right here. And I became a member of PARC just recently. And I also help out in kids' park. They can get up the toddlers sometimes, which is so rewarding. I'm honored to have all those adorable little ones, you know. You them all in there yes. to come here, right? So it has been a great experience. And one of the things that got me bold to walk in here, I think, was the Holy Spirit. As I passed by, every time, and I would look at the church, and the voice would speak to me to come to church. You know, I'm like, mm, I don't know. But So it took me a while from December 2018 to the spring of 2019 to finally yield to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we tried out, like I said, and we loved it. So we are here to stay by God's grace. That is how we end up here as a family. Thank you.
3: Well, I think I already kind of answered half this question with my first question, but yeah, I uh when we when my mom and I moved over here to St. Louis Park, we literally lived three blocks away and I moved back from California, I walked past here for a long time, and I'm like, hmm, that's the closest church around here. So I was like, I really want to go in there, I really want to go in there. I'm like, nah, I don't belong, I don't belong, but like Jesus forgives me so. Like I said, I really had to push myself, and um, I didn't really know what Easter was until this past year, and um, for some reason, I God had a plan for me to come here on Easter Sunday, and the reason I came here is, like I said, it's only three blocks from my house, so it's very, very convenient, and um, my, um, it's been years since I've been in a church, and um, I've been coming i used like i said i used to go to church with my parents and i've been coming here and meeting wonderful people and god's really worked in me um since i've surrendered and found him i've been like you know god i really wanna help out all the types of people i listed off earlier that i hung out with which i never realized those were the people jesus hung out with um my heart goes out to them because in a lot of ways even though i hung out with those people there was a lot of things that um, I was doing to where I can relate to them, and um, I, my goal in this life is to learn the Bible more than ever, more than anything, and be able to go out and share the testimonies of what I have been through from being adopted, growing up in an orphanage, all the way until I was saved, and then so on. And to be able to bring the Bible in with my testimony of what I've gone through, too, and to really feel people's emotions and have God work through them and um, for me to just plant the seed and just watch people come to Christ and let them know it's never too late because it was never too late for me, so it's not late for anyone else.
4: Um. Three years ago, my, I met, uh, four years ago, I met a friend uh, at, uh, at a community Bible study, um, and uh, she, we, my husband, and our family has been uh, going to a church in Minneapolis for 12 years, and um, when we moved them, out, she my husband's mom with us, uh, and uh, we need to be uh, closer to the church, and uh, one of my pastors said, uh, you know, if you are passing by the you know, church around you, and uh, in order to come to this far, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so <laughs> Jeff, and Jeff always wanted to go, but I, I kind of, ah, it's, uh, it's been my community, our community, so I was resistant. But one of my friends said, uh, why don't you check it out? So I came, check it out, and then I fell in love. And uh, more than anything, you know, it's just a, uh, the humility of a pastor, and a realness, uh, and a, something that I never much experienced. Uh, so I thank I thank the pastor Andrew and uh, um and uh, um, what God is uh, doing in my heart is um through I know when we came here I never experienced it like that welcoming and you know, something very include include us. Uh, by young people, and they, they said, "Yeah, I know." And I, just, I'm so thankful you. are so beautiful. It's like, I just, I, you are so beautiful. My husband has said the same thing. Like, uh, when we are uh, down downstairs first day, and uh, people randomly came and can we sit by you? And uh, we talked like an hour, <laughs> first day. So that's how we ended up here. And. Uh, um, the Lord has been opening my eyes to see that what is a community. It's about through this church, and uh, you know, how we can not only that I'm. I was always looking for what the church can give to me, and at uh, this church, it taught me what can I do, what can I do for church. So, thank you for um, showing your love and Christ's love to us.
0: Thank you. Last, last question for each of you. Just what is one thing that you would encourage your church family with today? What's one thing God has put on your heart to share with us?
4: As I have a shared uh, um, my story, I, I thought I was a, I was a Christian for my whole, whole entire my life uh, until really the Lord opens uh, through the reading of God's word. Uh, and I don't have anything else uh, to say except uh, preach the gospel. Please uh, preach the gospel. You are a very loving people but, uh, in this, uh, um, what's it uh, called, uh, the plural, plural, pluralistic, you know, just uh, all universal, like a uh, minded uh, um, culture. It is uh, hard uh, to be like, uh, oh, Christianity is exclusive. And the Bible is the only truth. It is a very hard because it's not a popular uh, idea. Or like uh, it's a very, like a sounds like a very prideful. But uh, only gospel is the only saving message of Christ. Uh, so that uh, you must know the truth. We must know, study the word of God. And we cannot rely on the pastor and Jerusalem teaching only. We have to digging. We have to searching for the truth, so that we will truly be make disciples of Christ. And uh, as a ch- uh, pastor uh, told us uh, about uh, uh, chapter twenty-eight, if my spiritual mother did not um, invest her life in me, I do not know where I would be. God is a faithful. God is the sovereign, so He could have saved me. No matter, nonetheless, but. Uh, I think the faithfulness of uh, our God's call, the salvation that it was, uh, we received, it is not for our own sake only. It is, uh, it is uh, the, the, so that, that the Lord's name will be proclaimed. The Lord, uh, the beautiful Savior, will be known to the, in the whole world. That's the whole salvation uh, is given to us. So please go, preach the gospel, and love the people with the truth with the truth, because we are all made in God's image. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all
3: right, the one thing I can tell people is, of course, like, go read the Bible and learn the word and all that, but from me, what I can tell you is really learn to love one another, learn to forgive, and learn to see God through the good times, the hard times, and know that he is faithful and that he will be by your side and love you no matter what. Um, do random acts of kindness to people and show them, like, let Jesus shine through you guys. And the biggest thing is to learn one another, you know, learn from one another, no matter how much you know the Bible. I mean, I'm only a brand-new Christian, just found Jesus a little over two years ago. I'm still learning the Bible, but what I can tell you more than I can show you guys love and acceptance, and there's like, if you ever came and talked to me and told me the worst thing that can happen, I would never walk away because I know what it's like to be alone and to have everyone judge me for all the years that I was away from Christ. That's why I say to love one another and just to be open-hearted and really walk the line with Jesus in that way.
2: Amen. So before I can encourage or say a word of encouragement for Park community, I also want to um, say one of my experiences here when I first came, I was struggling in a really bad spiritual funk and I was, I couldn't find the words to pray and I was also struggling with the spirit of unforgiveness, especially towards my husband. We were then separated. He's my ex, now, my (laughs) ex-husband. Help me, Lord. So um, I couldn't find The willpower to forgive him, I couldn't let go until I went to a women's conference with park women. And I was able to pull my heart out to them during prayer time. And everybody came around me and prayed for me. And the Holy Spirit did his work. Eventually, I was able to let go and forgive him and I felt relieved and comforted, even in the hardship. So I got closer to this church because of all of the people that really cares about me, both spiritually and physically, even financially, I've, I've got a lot of help that I can't even tell or imagine. So all I would like to say today to the church as a whole is, Keep walking in the imitation of Christ's love for the church, especially the minority amongst us Christians. To keep shining the light of God in a dark world so that others will see and glorify the Father in heaven. Amen.
1: The answer to this last question, in my perspective, came before I knew the question. And um, it was a, a week ago, Friday. And I'd heard that the traveling memorial of the Vietnam War was um, out in um, Winstead, Minnesota. And That morning, it was a beautiful morning. Cool, calm, sunny. I got on my motorcycle and I rode out to Winstead and visited the traveling memorial. It turned out to be a very somber, humbling experience to see all 55,281 names on that wall. And when I went out there, of all my peers, and we went through the ugly 60s when the war was at its worst, I didn't, knew of no other person but the Eddie Larson that I went through, pastor's instruction class right here at the church. And so I went out there and took the tour, and it was it was just unbelievable. But when the tour was over, you could go to the wall and find those people that you knew were on it, and I found Eddie's name, and I was, they call it rubbing the wall, but you take a pencil and a piece of paper, and you rub his name, and then it kind of highlights it and at that moment it just hit me so much so hard that the people at Park Free were prayer warriors and they prayed us servicemen through that war and why Eddie's name is on that wall and not mine or one of the other service guys from our church. We'll never know that. But the power of prayer that sustained us from a body of believers that um, were behind was just incredible, hard to, even hard to describe. And so if I could encourage Park Church Never stop being a praying church. It's so vital to the life of a church and areas that we don't even see. We don't even know how some of those prayers were ever answered, but it's that powerful. And so I encourage to continue being a praying church.
0: Brittany, could I have you bring up five communion cups? would that be great? You could rob them from that pew. Um, as we were sitting here, and as, Yama, as you shared about the experience of communion, this passage came to mind, and I want us to take communion together with you guys still up here. In First Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul writes, The Apostle Paul writes, The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of one bread. This reminder is from the Apostle Paul in the book that we just finished studying that that we are participating with the living God as we take communion. We are one body from different continents, different backgrounds, different languages, worshiping one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are one body, amen? Amen. There's churches all around the world gathered this morning, worshiping the one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so today, I want to take communion together. If you are a follower of Jesus, you don't have to have any secret passcode or secret belief system. You don't have to be a member of our church. Like Yama said, you are welcome at the table. If you are a follower of Jesus, I would invite you to take out a communion packet in front of you and pull off the first layer, the wafer, the wafer. And remember what Paul has said. The bread we break, is it not participation in the body of Christ. Let's participate in the body of Christ together. And he says, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? And because of the blood of Christ, our sins have been forgiven. Let's partake together. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the reminder that you are on the throne, that you have built a people for yourself. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies of how you are seeking us out. Lord, I pray that we would continue to share our stories with one another and share your story with the world. Would you have your way in this church for your glory, for our good, and the advancement of your gospel, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, contestants, for being a part of this.